Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back. We're super excited to be back for another episode of Roaring 20s Podcast. (laughs) This episode today is going to be focused on mental health, a topic that we are both super passionate about and super passionate about getting out there, getting rid of that stigma. This is a biggie. Big, biggie. Biggie, biggie. Um, Before we get into that, because there's a lot, 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 let's start off with our pride and pickle. Here comes your announcement. It's time for <laughs> Pride and Pickle! <laughs> I, do you know where I took the inspiration for this announcement from? Good week, bad week? No. It doesn't sound like that. Not at all. <laughs> Have you ever watched The Grinch? Like the I one with Jim Carrey? hate The Grinch. Do you not know this about me? Are you fucking kidding? Or how are we friends? That is my family's favorite film. Wait, I've never told you about my traumatizing dream as a child. No. Wow, this is like insane. Okay, here's talking I about really, mental I really health. Have tears in my eyeball. <laughs> oh my god, what the hell is wrong with you? Wait, I'm so upset. This is my family's favorite movie. Me and Caitlin watched this movie literally thirty times <laughs> over the holiday season. I can quote let, every let every episode. I mean, I every line. It. No, no, I refuse to believe it. It's the best. It is the best Christmas movie. No, no, no. It has nothing down. to do with the movie. Okay, fine. What? It doesn't. Okay, when I was a I'm child, I had this dream. That the Grinch came into my house and injected my parents with green slime <laughs> through a needle and killed them. No. I swear. And from this day forth, it's really not the, the Grinch. Like, it's not his fault that he it's was portrayed in my dream. No, right. no, no. Like, I don't, I've just, like, ever since that dream, I don't even know if I've actually ever seen, like, a movie. I think that ever since that dream, I've been, like, I literally don't want to see any of it. And I remember that dream so vividly. Oh like, God. him tiptoeing down my chimney with, oh my with God. literally, like, ne- like, the needles that you get injected with at the doctor with green slime, the color of his <laughs> skin, guess. fur, whatever he is, and injected my parents, and they died. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry for no, your traumatizing okay. grinch okay. dream. That's okay. I really should probably be more open to facing that drama. Okay. Well, the movie is a comedy. So. Okay. Yeah, but see? It's not oh, scary. I can't you never knew that about me. <gasps> I never knew that. Yeah. I've always been terrified. Like, And so many people love the Grinch. They love the movie, all this stuff. But anytime it comes up, like I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That's so weird. Wow. I'm sad for that for you because it is the hands down the best. No, Christmas I definitely, movie. I really am ready to face it. Probably we can quote every single line. Wow, from that movie. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry for your trauma. But the the inspiration for the announcement of Pride and Pickle, the way I do it, is from the Grinch movie because oh. the mayor is so, it of Whoville? Yeah, he says it's time for the Whoville. No, no, no. Whatever he says, oh. and he's like the way he says it. Oh my gosh, he has my inspo. 
Oh, you're in spell the mayor of Whoville. What does we he say? Love it's like the Whoville Jubilee or something. So wow. Pride and giggle. Oh, I see. Everybody I see hates this from. episode. <laughs> and it's turned off and it's probably like super important. No, please stay on. Please it's a good one. On. Okay. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But so for our pride and pickle, uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so for my pride of the week, I would have to say that I'm just related to mental health that I find that in moments where I'm stuck in my own head and having these thoughts, I find that instead of letting myself be in isolation with my own thoughts, I've been reaching out more often. Talked about our like cute little Marco Polo app where we all send each other <laughs> little videos and stuff. And I find that I've just been reaching out in the moment, like, okay, thinking about it for a sec and then reaching out immediately as opposed to just like letting it marinate in my own head and letting myself continue to create stories so I'm definitely proud of that Mm -hmm. because yeah I think that when we feel like isolated or alone in our thoughts we tend to spiral so I'm proud to reach out definitely we could like we could talk ourselves into anything anything and you can can make up you know we can make up stories that aren't even remotely true to what happened or how we're feeling or you know absolutely so that would be my pride and then my pickle would be that um well this aspect of it is I love my mom so much (laughs) um in the sense that I love both my parents so much but for some reason I feel this like deep need to like protect my mom from the evils of the world I don't know why so I feel like I'm constantly checking in on her as if I'm like as if I'm the parent of sorts and it's really just because this is with most people in my life I just have such a deep caring for Mm -hmm. them that I want to make sure they're okay but I feel like I'm always worrying that I'm not doing enough for my mom and for my family. And yeah, so that that would be my pickle that I find myself being stuck in more than once yeah. in my life. I mean, it is a part of your personality that you're you're a caretaker, but it is important for you to know that like you're not the parent and that you you need to sometimes just worry about you. Yeah. No, that's a hard thing to do, though, especially if it's such a fundamental part of your core personality. Yeah. And my family just means so much to me. So even with my dad and my brother, I'm like, oh, gosh, did I offend them? Did I say something bad? Um, I find that it's like an area of my life where I definitely overthink a little bit too much. So we're working on that. (laughs) But what about you, Jim? What's your pride and pickle? Okay, so my pride, it's really not this week. This happened a few weeks ago, but I didn't get the chance to talk about it on here. Um, And it's not even about me. It's about my sister, Caitlin. She's probably listening. (laughs) She got the opportunity to dance in the Super Bowl halftime show. She's a dancer. Uh, she's a Miami Hurricanette and, you know, she's a profesh. Uh, so she got the opportunity to dance with JLo and Shakira in the Super Bowl what? halftime show. And she also got to walk out the Hall of Fame or like the, not the Hall of Famers, the, like the Carter, the, I guess like Hall of Famer quarterback. I literally have the chills, by the way. <laughs> she walked out like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and she, she's so cool. And I didn't, I didn't get the chance to talk about it on here. I just was so, so proud to watch her do that and so proud of her accomplishments and it's just so freaking cool and she works so hard and she's so good at what she does and I'm just so proud of her and it was really cool to get to to see her have that opportunity yeah so it's about her this week it's not about me so cool yeah but I didn't get the chance to acknowledge that here and I know it was a couple weeks ago but that was really cool it was really really cool so you go Kate you can follow her. <laughs> you go, KK. You follow her on Instagram. <laughs> and my pickle this week was we went like out a lot the past few days, weeks 
snacks. Uh, I just felt like it was when I was going out, I was eating a lot of crap this like couple times we went out. I guess just like the timing that we went out. Like we would, we were going out like early. So we would eat like an early dinner and then I would be like starving at like nine mm-hmm. o'clock and would end up ordering like fries or at the bar or wings at the bar. And like that's fine once in a while, but it doesn't, that food doesn't make me feel good. It's not about a weight thing or like anything. Like I literally just don't feel good when I mm-hmm. eat that food and I notice my skin breaks out and blah, blah, blah. But But it's like, do I sit here and be starving or do I just like order the fries? And like a lot of times it's like late at night. That's really the only thing you can get when you're out. So I'm a little like annoyed at myself for like eating that. And like maybe I could have prepared better before. But it is what it is. Yeah. And I think that's a really, it's a common thing that people go through. And of course, it's very dependent on where you are in your life, what your intention is behind choosing or not choosing something. Um, And I think that for you particularly, because I know the lens through which you're looking at it through, it's just like, man, I don't don't really like the way that makes me feel. has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with my body, my size, my fear of food, nothing like that. But more so like, man, that didn't make me feel great. And I wish I just had something, just something else around that... um, could have been a better option like just made me feel a little bit better I totally get that and I think that people probably can really relate to being in situations where we love a fry we love oh yeah and I love Um, a fry once in a while it was just like three times this week and it was like like your body doesn't feel good so good but like also I, I wasn't in the mood for that I didn't really need that I get that definitely and I'm sure people can relate to that yeah for sure so with all that being said why don't we get into our portion of the mental health yeah I think I want to say before we get into this topic that obviously me and Brenda we're not therapists we're not mental health practitioners Mm -hmm. we are just two 20 year olds talking about our experience thus far with mental health and how we see it operating in the world around us and we just wanted to take some time to like talk about that and talk about maybe the stigma around that and luckily lately it has been a topic that people are able to talk about more freely which is wonderful and we just want to uh, be a part of that conversation yeah absolutely so maybe we should start it off with uh talking a little bit about our own experiences with mental health just a little bit we don't have to get crazy into it yeah no I think that'd be a great idea um so for me let's try and keep this as brief as we oh and I do want to say on Friday we have an incredible episode with my dad Scott Tolchin he is a mental health practitioner and healing arts practitioner and he is going to talk about his own experience and about what he does and I would really 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 encourage people to listen to that episode because we're just talking about our experiences here but he's actually a professional and someone who has dealt largely with his own mental health struggles and it's just an incredible incredible episode so look out for that if you want some really meaty stuff yeah and that's also that's not just because it's Julia's dad he is incredible he has helped me personally in lots of ways and just he really knows what he's talking about so highly recommended but anyway go on bud okay um so for me let's see how I can recap this as briefly as possible um I never really thought about anything mental health related I feel like I always felt as though I was the friend that was giving advice and the friend that was there for others and never of course I I needed advice um but I felt like I was more so the one giving it and the one that like didn't quote unquote need it not because I was above anyone but almost because I felt like other people's struggles were more valid than my own and that my thoughts were just thoughts and that there was nothing deeper to them so the way when things started to get more difficult for me was I know I've mentioned before um, but it really is a big part of my life is after I had decided to take hold of my own health and 
go into this weight loss journey, um, which really started off with really great intentions. And then when it started getting more difficult for me was as the weight was coming off and people were saying, oh, you look amazing. You look great. And of course, really, really like specific compliments as, as they would see. But for me, although I I I thought that they had good intentions. I was really internalizing their comments so differently. I was really believing, whoa, what was wrong with me before? They must really like me better than it started to create all of this fear and pressure of what if I started to gain weight? Would I not be loved as much by my friends, by my family, by my boyfriend? And although now when I say it out loud, I'm like, no way. Like I know now that's not the truth. But in that moment, it felt real. Absolutely. And I know you're just touching on it now, but absolutely down the line, we're going to do an episode about eating disorder and body image because I think that's a really really deep topic especially I know for you but so I'm glad you're touching on it now but just for everyone who's a little maybe like not understanding or Mm -hmm. or wants to know more we're definitely going to dig into that in another in another episode very soon for sure and yeah so I, I just started really internalizing those comments and then the action of trying to take control of my health and where I was wasn't the issue it's when it became an obsession when it's became when it became a fear Um, when it became kind of relying what I ate on how much I exercised or starting to be really, really too nervous about calories. When I started bringing my own meals to other people's dinners or eating before, not from a place of, you know, I'm I'm trying to not, let's say, you know, I I don't really want the French fries out at the bar. Let me just eat a little bit of dinner before because that's what's going to make me feel good. It's, it was more so of I'm afraid of what the food at the bar is going to do to me. So it was I'm all consuming. Them. Correct. It was all I thought about all day long. There was a point where I really like all of these things that were luckily involved in and accomplished and now were not even in my like radar because I was so consumed with how scared I was to gain weight or what I should be eating right now or what I did eat and feeling guilt about that that I had no mental space for anything else. And I remember... When I decided like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore is when I found myself being sad all the time, crying, being in in my bed. And I'm not like, once I get out of bed in the morning, I don't really go back to my bed until I go to sleep. Um, So when I found myself not only impacting my own life and my own motivation, but impacting others around me, not being able to go out to dinners with friends because it would bring me way too much anxiety, not being able to go on date nights with my boyfriend or like so many other layers and my parents were so worried so when I started to see because that's the way I am impacting the lives of other people I knew I had to change something and Julia and I talked so often about what I was going through when I tried to be very transparent with it but I didn't really see an issue for a while like I really told everyone and that's for me thinking I was super in tune like I believed it was only about the weight I believed, no, I just, I just want to be smaller. Like, I just want to keep the weight off. This has nothing to do with anything further. And long story short, through Julia's amazing support, she connected me with her dad, who you'll hear from again later this week. And he really was the beginning that helped me start to uncover all of this stuff that was going on underneath that I had no idea Mm -hmm. was even there. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where that is. And just so everyone feels like cool, calm, and collected about where I am right now. I am doing super, super well. I will tell you a little bit more about how I got to the point and where I am now, but I decided to take dive in, even though it was scary, and take this headfirst. And I said, I can either stay stuck in where I am right now in this place with my mental health, or I can choose to take control, 
go through a little bit of uncomfortable stuff just through the stuff what you uncover and be able to live my life so freely and happily and detaching my worth entirely from my body and size and be able to live a healthy and balanced life still while having those desires in mind to to be live a long and healthy life but not have it be attached to my worth and working through any mental health struggle I think no matter what it is or where it comes from it's very difficult and it's very uncomfortable and it's why a lot of people don't do it it's why a lot of people live in their you know whatever it is their anxiety their depression their eating disorder so on and so on because it's very very hard work and very uncomfortable to come up against some of the things that you might have to come up against in order to heal whether it's past trauma whether it's you know the way we speak to ourselves it's really hard and there's a lot of uh, there's so many different ways into that you know there's traditional talk therapy there's medication there's all these different kind of alternative healings which my dad's going to talk about and I just want to say it's whatever works for you there's no one size there's no one size fits all uh, for a lot of people, it's a combination of things. For you, it was a combination. And and it's okay. And it's whatever there's – for me and Brenda, don't feel any stigma around any of those things. It's like whatever works for you as long as it's, you know, supervised by someone who really knows what they're doing and is authorized to do so. Yeah, for sure. And I think, Ju, you brought up a really good point before we get into your story and your background is that I think part of the hesitation, despite being afraid of what will come up, is – like kind of being labeled right like I remember I didn't want to accept like I didn't want to go and be and I remember your dad was he was really great he's like I don't want you to label yourself as anything um but anyway just like the labels just even eating disorder having anxiety having depression like all that stuff we we just it, it can make you feel a certain type of way and I remember Definitely. I felt so much guilt and shame consuming to even be like how did almost like and again, this was then, not now, but almost like how could I let myself get to a point where I would develop mm. a disorder of sorts, right. right? Like how, like I'm not the type of person that this should happen to. Oh, I I'm try. sure a lot of people can yeah. really resonate with that. Yeah, like almost like I, I try so hard to have it all together. How mm. could I get to this point? And I think that's a big hesitation is a fear of being labeled. Yeah, especially for someone like you who is so high achieving in most areas of their lives. I feel like maybe... I remember from what you were telling me, like it was even harder to accept that because or even put or even acknowledge that maybe something was wrong because you were like, but I'm so I'm so high achieving all these other places in my life. What are people going to think of me if I have this yeah. one downfall? And like you said about the labeling, I think it's not about labeling yourself with I am my depression or I am mm-hmm. my eating disorder. It's just of all right. I'm just struggling with this little one thing yes. right now and that's okay. We're all going to face struggles at different points in our lives and instead of putting that big slapping that big label on it of just saying, "Okay, this is what I'm struggling with right now. Mm-hmm. What are the tools I can I can gather to help me through that?" and not letting that thing take away from any of the other positive things in your life. Totally. And I really believe that something that becomes so powerful throughout those journeys too is like not worrying about what you're supposed to be doing because I was so hung up on that. I'm like, what if I, I'm supposed to be having a, a different job or I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be impacting people? And that was my big thing. I was like, how am I going to impact people if I if I have something that I feel so ashamed of right now? Mm-hmm. But the truth is I have I feel as though I've been able to impact others more greatly because I've been so open about this and because I'm trying to be. 
and think people appreciate you being raw and vulnerable and it's hard to put yourself in that situation that's not saying if you're struggling with something go go publicize it but absolutely and, you, yeah. and no one has to whatever your whatever your thing is is your thing you don't yeah i it, just because we're in the age of talking about these this stuff more openly doesn't mean you have to if that if you want that to be private and just between you and whoever is helping you through it that's fine. Yeah, it's all about how something makes you feel. And you brought up another good point <laughs> about just like when you're sort of comparing yourself to others, like something that could resonate with people listening right now is thinking, well, I can't possibly, how could I possibly be going through something when I'm so lucky? I I have, let's say, two parents who love me. I have this group of friends who loves me. I was able to be privileged to go to college. Like, how could I be going through this? Mm-hmm. And the yeah. reality is can't focus on that stuff because yeah. whatever's going on is there for a reason yeah. whatever you're going through is trying to tell you something right and my biggest piece of advice right before we go into julia's story is that i when i chose to flip my mindset and choose to believe every single day even when it was hard that this will get better that changed everything for me that healing is possible that i will get out of this and be on the other side and you didn't see that for a long time i, I remember you telling me like uh, yeah you're oh julia your dad told me like he sees the light around the corner and you said to me i just don't believe that right yeah. now and that's a scary place to be in so scary to not be able to see the other side but that's also okay it's part of the journey mm-hmm. and then i know that once i once i chose and i said okay this is scary but i know the power of belief and i'm going to choose to believe that through these efforts this will get better and over time it did yeah so what about you do what's 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 your story here yeah before (laughs) I say my thing I I just like the thing that I see the most that makes me my heart hurt is that like if I see my friends struggling with something but they don't want to take the time kind of in a way to to get the help because we're in this age of like hustle 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 we feel like we can't take the time out of that hustle to work on ourselves because it is time consuming and it just hurts my heart because it's like it's so important and no matter what you're doing until you take the time to deal with that it's just going to make everything in your life so much more difficult Mm -hmm. and it's hard like we said it's hard to accept that maybe we're going through something it's hard to accept that maybe we need help beyond just talking to our friends or it's that even that we need that we need to talk to our friends or anybody or whatever and I just want to say like it's okay to need to take the time and you can do both you don't have to stop your life to deal with your mental health you can do both but if you need to stop your life for a little while that's okay because it's only down the line gonna help you right and these things are not I think we often believe like okay I'm just gonna keep suppressing I'm just gonna push this away and it's and it's it's gonna be fine right but this stuff is there for a reason it's gonna keep coming up and I genuinely believe no matter where you are in your life the time is now (laughs) but um I know for sure especially in your early 20s although we feel like this is the time to be achieving and doing everything before we get tired I think it's the, it's the best time to do something because life does get a little bit more just I don't want to say serious but you just a different types of responsibilities, responsibilities come into play yeah. and I think that if you have the the time right now even if you don't feel like it like this is a, a perfect time because it's going to change the trajectory of your entire life like you will be if you choose to be a mother or a father or any of that you will be better at that because you've taken time to work on yourself the way you will raise your children will be with a different approach with a different heart because yeah. you've taken the time to learn about that and also like if there is stigma 
from maybe your community or your parents or anything that is keeping you from getting the help that you need. There are people out there that that don't believe that stigma and there are people out there that are going to support you and I think it's finding the right people to help you deal with whatever you're you're going through for sure and we always talk about the power behind this digital age and that there are so many benefits to it and I have to say like there are so many online communities you guys that whether you know they're there or not if you just start looking like especially with podcasts Mm -hmm. and we hope that this community can be one for you but with podcasts if there's something that resonates with you there is likely a Facebook group where they talk about all this stuff and there's a whole community of people waiting to connect with you totally so there are so many you found that yeah I did I definitely did and I have to say that especially I I found that and I never imagined I'm like how can I be connecting with people online that are going through exactly what I'm going through and it's been transformative like these are like there are people that literally live across the country that I communicate and connect with to this day that will literally be invited to my wedding like they will be because they something that was negative turned into something so so unbelievably positive for you so unbelievably positive where I can see this as like a career for me for something that I would have never stumbled upon yeah imagine that happened to me yeah yeah so I'm like I I'm literally I'm grateful for it yeah I'm grateful for the struggle because it strength through struggle that's a friend that always says and I love it they should put Um, it on a t-shirt oh we should make it (laughs) but I'm I'm grateful because I believed it happened for me not to me and when I'm telling you in the moment it does not feel like that it's all it's solely why me why me I don't want to be going through this but I genuinely believe that everything is there for a purpose and if you make that choice to dive deep you will know what that purpose is soon enough Oh, I love that. It's really important for people to hear. Okay, so me, I kind of similar to Brenda, like never really, I was always kind of the caretaker friend and never really felt like I had had dealt with too much of that earlier on. I did grow up in a house where my dad has severe, had with a D, a strong D, D, had, and I mean, of course, still struggles with biochemically, but uh, severe, severe depression. And I'm really thankful to my parents because they were very open about that with me and my sister. They never tried to hide it. It never was, it was always a topic of conversation if we needed it to be. And they, I remember they sat us down one day, we were pretty young and said like, oh, daddy has this thing, it's called depression. And like, sometimes it makes him, you know, not want to leave his bed or sometimes he can't do this or do that. And I remember me and Caitlin sitting there and being like, we know because kids kids know Mm -hmm. kids know like and they were like oh what do you mean you know and we just were like we know and it was okay and I'm really thankful for them to be to be so open with us because I think that that's probably not the norm so it made me very aware of other people around me and very sensitive to that um so yeah so I guess I was always kind of you know seeing it from an outside point of view and then uh in high school all of the sudden literally all of the sudden I started getting pretty bad anxiety attacks I don't know I really don't know if they were related to anything specific I guess it was like maybe pressure of I they started around senior year so I guess pressure of maybe going to college or feeling a need to achieve in a certain way yeah I remember like the first one I had was like I was doing this project for our drama class and I had gotten like like I was getting frustrated with it because it wasn't coming out I guess the way I wanted it and I like literally went into like a full bone like crying anxiety attack over a school project and I was like okay that's not normal like that's a little extreme for me at least because I was I'm a very like kind of like chill go with the flow logical person so chill (laughs) Uh, and and so that was definitely not the norm for me and then you know they kind of kept 
popping up. And luckily, at that time already, my dad had started uh, his journey of becoming a healing arts practitioner, and especially with this thing called Havening, which you're going to hear a lot about on Friday. He had started his journey with that. And so he was able to really help me through that. And that was great because I had that resource at home. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful to me. And I dealt with my anxiety, you know, through college. And it comes up here and there, of course, but it's much, uh, you know, I would say it's a normal amount of anxiety now versus something that needed attention from an outside source. So Mm -hmm. I was very lucky to have that resource right at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so that was, that's like my kind of, my kind of journey. I think we should talk about stigma. Let's talk about stigma. How do you feel where we are like today's day and age? Like how do you feel the the stigma or non-stigma around mental health is affecting us or our friends? Yeah, I think it's definitely talked about more than ever before. I think it's we're really thriving in that aspect of just having more conversations, right? So even I don't know, even for people who almost like how you say no publicity is bad publicity. What mm-hmm. is it? It just feel like it's talked about more. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's literally part of what this podcast is about is <laughs> yeah. like talking about real, raw, vulnerable stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's definitely happening. Um, I think there is still a stigma in the sense of like, tell me if this makes sense. Basically that like we are trying to reduce the stigma around mental health as a collective yet when it comes to us dealing with it individually there's hesitation yes 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 i 1000 percent agree it's so much easier to say oh you know we support mental health and like people talking about it and then when it comes to yourself they're still like oh I don't want to tell anybody about this or I don't Mm want to deal with this or I don't want to label myself this it's that's so interesting I 1000% yeah and I I think it's also like we start to believe like people don't really know these things unless you share it with them like yes are there are there certain situations where maybe someone will act a certain way or say a certain thing you're like huh but I like right, or like severe depression when you literally are not coming out of your room. Yes. But some things like most things like but people never knew I had anxiety attacks because right. I only did them when I was at home. Right. Like, and, and even like something as let's like talk about Julia's family. Right. Her house was the place to be. Mm-hmm. There were always snacks, bagels, this, that and like parties. parties. My parents had parties. Everything. We loved a we Sunday morning over bagel. for dinner literally for every night of the week. Like, yeah. Like great. we had you like our little known. <laughs> our little Tolchin table. <laughs> like so many things. So I just think that if you choose to deal with something I guess because we know the truth like let's say we know okay this is what I'm struggling with I feel as though we start to believe we almost have like a sticker on our heads that says like I'm struggling with anxiety right now and that almost people's perception of us even though they have no idea what's going on will change does that make sense like I I think that that's what the hesitation comes around is because you start to uncover all of these truths and start to somehow maybe feel more guilt or shame or confusion at first and then it kind of I don't know makes you feel like you're somehow you're more vulnerable to everyone even though it's really just between you and the person you're working with Mm -hmm. so I I, yeah what about you what are your thoughts yeah and I I think you hit the nail on the head I really agree that like as a collective where it's we're much more open about it especially we live in New York we're in a very liberal liberal place people are talking about a lot of things much more openly you know it might be different for it's definitely different in other places of the world and it might be different in other places of the country. Like we're really lucky here in New York, in America, that like we can talk about it because in other places you even can be executed for it. And it's very sad, but we're very lucky that here we can. But as a collective, we're talking about it. 
and we're destigmatizing it. But really, there, there's like it's so much harder when it comes to your individual self. And I see it with our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying that all our friends have mental no, disorders, but like people are struggling with certain things here and there. And it, and it doesn't have. I just think like also something doesn't have to be as big as depression or anxiety or anorexia or whatever it is that that's the only thing that you're allowed to deal with you know I feel like mm-hmm. there's this level of like well am I am I allowed to see a therapist for this thing mm-hmm. because you know oh I don't have you know prescribed biochemical depression but if you find yourself like you know getting anxiety over a certain thing or feeling a certain way over a certain thing like it's okay even if it's like this minuscule moment in time it's okay to like reach out to work with someone or you know to start a journey on that or even if nothing is going on if you're just like I want to keep my everyday mental health at the forefront even if it's just like oh sometimes I have like negative self-talk or negative thoughts or blah blah like it's okay to want to start that conversation with somebody yeah and I always I've been trying to think about I heard it somewhere where it was like when you like you don't wait until you have the flu to go to the doctor like if you start feeling some symptoms like it's Mm, okay to go yeah and I think it's very similar with mental health like you don't have to wait until something is quote unquote you're not broken but this is just the 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 quote aspect of it like you don't have to wait until something's broken to fix it. Right. And I, I, I think the same thing goes. Like, there is no specific thing. Like, I think with eating disorders, for example, it's like people have this idea that you have to look a certain way to have an eating disorder. Mm. When, like, it's so not like that. Yeah. And the same thing goes with other symptoms. It's like you don't have to fit this exact particular mold to go. Like, you can go and, and be proactive. You can go and figure out what what's going on before. And I really believe that the strongest thing that comes out of just going head first with your mental health is the awareness that comes out of it is the mm. awareness of how in tune you start to be with your thoughts and feelings and be like oh this is coming up okay maybe this is where I should put my attention like that's I've gotten so much out of it but that's definitely a key where you start to almost instead of needing or or having someone else point these things out to you you kind of start to do it on your own and I think it's huge. Yeah. And even on like a smaller scale of not like these things that are maybe like labeled in the mental illness category, but just mental health day to day, there's so much that we can do to help ourselves because we don't have to have, you know, a disorder or anything to to want to work on ourselves and to want to better ourselves each day. And like little things every day like that we do, like journaling or meditation or reading or like whatever it is, like I think it's so important in that kind of self-care aspect to like take a little time every day or every week to check in with yourself and maybe incorporate some practices into your day that are keeping your mental health at the forefront. Yeah, like one of the the things that is so simple and like necessary for my dog's well-being is like taking my dog for a walk, which I am sorry, I don't do it on my own. I do it with my mom. But here's the thing. (laughs) Me and my mom have the most powerful connection and conversations when we go and walk my dog. Like I have no doubt that when we go for a walk with her, like it's going to be a good conversation and I'm going to feel super connected. So it's like things that it doesn't even have to be because I think sometimes we're so in our heads that we almost want to like numb out and like veg out or whatever and not do much thinking. But like that that's whatever you want it to be. It can yeah. be watching a show or or whatever, but there's something about that you don't even realize like connecting with another person that is therapeutic without it feeling so forced. Totally. Also really wanted to bring up something that I that was shared with me the other day, um, some videos and all this stuff regarding Dr. Bruce Lipton. And 
it was oh there was so much to it but it just like honestly blew my mind because he was discussing how we use five percent of our conscious mind daily and that 95 percent of our days are just automatic autopilot based on what we learned between the ages of one and seven and what was like put into our programming and it was just so interesting to me because it it related so deeply to mental health where I feel like so many of us go throughout our lives just like passively almost and just dealing with things as they come and and whatever but that it's like whoa there's so much more that we could take control of if we if we looked into that and I think a lot of times we almost feel like oh well this is the way I am like this is how it's gonna be I can't change it type of thing but there are ways to change these things like our automatic responses can be changed through things they mentioned like repetition I've never personally done hypnosis but apparently stuff like that or a subliminal messaging as you fall asleep and as you wake up when your brain waves are functioning differently than they are in the, for the rest of the day and it was just so interesting to me because we focus so deeply on like wanting to change habits and stuff but Mm. often feel like we don't get to that end goal and it's really all about repetition Mm. and I don't know it really blew my mind honestly because yeah Yeah. well that's why they bring up um like physical physical fitness and mental health because like you in order to change the chemical wiring of your brain you have your your brain has to be in a certain wave state and that's why so so many times we encourage people to exercise when when they're dealing with something because it allows your brain to get into that kind of peak state that it needs to be in to change your way of thinking and it's the most active place to do that so if like you're feeling down about anything like whatever and you it's you're finding it hard to change your mindset putting yourself into physical activity it literally allows the brain waves to open up for you to be able to make that change yeah and I think this can be a little mini experiment like for anyone that has ever been like oh my gosh I don't want to go to the gym and then you finally get there and you start and you're like okay not so bad like this Mm -hmm. this feels like pretty good okay I feel good now and yeah it definitely makes a huge difference it was just so so powerful to me yeah and there's just so much that we don't know about our brain like we literally use so little of it especially especially consciously Mm -hmm. it's just crazy that we don't how little we know yeah and I have to say like I a lot of this stuff in the past would have sounded like a little like hokey to me I'm like no no way like no way is that real but now like I can genuinely say like throughout my own journey too like I feel as though my brain has been rewired like certain habits or urges that I used to have in the past do not are not even like a thought as a coping mechanism anymore like Mm -hmm. not even at all Well, that's the science our brain is malleable it has to be that's how Mm -hmm. we learn and there's a great book called the brain that changes itself and uh i'll link that and it's all about that like brain malleability and that that that, that's what our brain does Mm -hmm. it's amazing oh it's so amazing i just had to bring that up i love that (laughs) i think that um we should get into our audience question because i read it before and i think it's going to open up kind of a big conversation yeah piece about this about this Let's um, do topic it. awesome so the question is anonymous and how do you best approach discussing mental health within a new relationship yeah I love this because yeah. that's so difficult that's really hard because it's very hard to be vul- one it's hard to be vulnerable about our own mental health struggles it's just hard no matter what the stigma is like we said before as a collective we're doing it as an individual individual people it's hard so opening up to a partner especially in a new relationship is very hard but I think very important because I think in order for you to feel fulfilled 
by your partner and in order to receive what you need from your partner we need to have that kind of open honesty of like this is what I deal with this is the ways in which you know when this comes up I need blank 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 from you you know if we don't tell our partner I'm dealing with this thing how are they going to know and how are they going to know how to help us when we need it or how to leave us alone when we need it or how to make us feel loved in certain ways because of what we're going through and I just think it's so important and of course it's not the you know you don't need to say it right away you don't need to rip off that band-aid on the first date like get to know someone get to know if this is someone that you trust and if it is someone that you trust with that and you want to build start to build a relationship like we always say about cultivating a relationship if it's a relationship you want to build I think it's important to have an honest conversation and be like hey you know things have been going really great I'm happy about where we are and I wanted to open up to you this is something that I deal with and I hope that you can, you know, that that you that doesn't change your opinion of me and that you accept me through that. And when it comes up or, you know, during the day, this and this and this is the way that you can help me. Yeah. And I think that what you said there is a really big thing for people is that fear of someone's opinion changing of them or that fear. And that's not to say that it's a shameful thing or something you should feel guilty about. No, no, no. But I know that like what Julia is saying is that that's how we internalize it. That's how how we fear like okay does this make me unlovable and we have such a desire for connection and belonging that it it becomes scary to open up to someone like that and have their opinion of you change based on something but at the end of the day although whatever you're struggling with does not define you it's not who you are it's a little piece of you that somebody who you're going to build a life with or even if it's not a life even if it's you know a a temporary relationship that teaches you something you you want to feel comfortable enough where you know that that you feel secure with someone that they know how to work with you in moments where you feel a little bit off or like you need a little something else right and you've had to deal with that with your partner right yeah and approaching that that conversation with Chris when it became something that became all consuming and something that needed that you needed help with right yeah and it was it was honestly really hard like it was the first time in our super long relationship where I was like oh my god I remember this I didn't remember that we were talking about this but I it was the month before I actually like chose to be like proactive about like healing and this I think was probably like the biggest moment for me that made me realize shoot something has to change is I was so scared and I remember I said to him like I can't promise you that this is going to get better. Mm-hmm. I I love you and I'm so grateful for everything that you've done for me and for us, but I can't promise you that this is going to get yeah, better. That's hard. And that's from someone that literally like knows everything about me. We've been together for eight years now and at that time seven. And it almost felt like, although I love him and would never ever want to like not have that relationship, I almost felt like I was almost giving him an out. Like I was like, I... I don't want to hurt you any longer. Like, I feel like I'm not myself. I'm I'm just sad all the time. I'm overthinking every single thing. Like, I'm constantly thinking that what if, like, you don't love me or what if you're not attracted to me? And, like, those were none of the things that he was saying. Like, all of his actions and words were solely supportive. But, like, when you're so in your head and when you're so, like, down in the dumps, for lack of a better term, that's not what you see. It's not what you hear. And... It can get to a point like that where you just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I didn't. And I was terrified. And then the thought of like losing this special relationship that we cultivated, I was like, no, like I, I have to do something. And that's not just 
for this person that I love but also for myself like I owe it to myself and of course to this other person that cares for me and has been through me throughout with me throughout this journey to to take control of my healing because I know this isn't me right this person isn't me so yeah it was hard it was hard because the first time I ever opened up about just be being insecure about my body was really hard it was like showing someone this like crazy scary piece of me that although maybe he already knew that without me saying it it just felt like I don't know like you're like hiding behind this curtain and then like it's like suddenly ripped off yeah and it was really hard but as time went on and as I started to open up to him about like okay I think this is becoming a little bit more than like a weight loss thing like Mm -hmm. I think it's becoming more serious and I have to say, like, he was super, super receptive to it. And I'm lucky because I have to say I I know maybe not everyone would would be. And I remember at first, even for Chris, and and that's because of the type of person that I am. He's like, are you sure, though, babe? Like, are, are you sure mm, yeah. that that's what's going on? Because he almost, too, was like, nah, like, you can't, you, that can't happen to you. Right. Yeah, I feel like a <laughs> lot know? of times sometimes it's like a feeling of, oh, I have to convince the people around me that mm-hmm. something's really wrong. Yeah, and then as time went on, he was like, oh, nope. Yep, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard. And for anyone who doesn't feel like they are in a relationship where or, or like with your friends or whatever where you can open up, I was very, very, very lucky to be able to to be able to do that. But I, I know it's hard, especially leading up to it. Like, what are you going to say? No one can ever understand the inside of my brain. So how am I going to articulate this in a way that other people understand? And yeah, it's, it's really complicated. But I will say that knowing that I had being that this is about a in more intimate relationship or a new relationship knowing that I had him on my side made all the difference and I felt way less alone in knowing that yeah also especially because this question is about a new relationship in a new relationship if it's the time to bring it up you know and again like I said you don't need to rush into it you don't feel like it doesn't need to be the first thing you say but when the time is right to do it and there has there has to be a time to do it because you know, we need that support in our relationships and that openness and that honesty. But when the time comes and if that person judges for it or is not supportive of it or loves you any, loves or likes you any less for it, I, I just think that that's not your person then. Because because if you're trying to cultivate a life with someone or, you know, a, a, poss- a the possibility of a life with someone – they're, they need to accept you for all that you are. Unless, you know, I mean, there's certain relationships in which someone is dangerous to their partner and that's a whole other group of things. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that is not a danger to them, then then it's important that they accept you for that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the sooner, again, not rushing into it, but the sooner that someone yeah, is aware of exactly. that, the, the sooner you could start to cultivate what your dynamic looks like with that in play. Yeah, and it's and it's so possible. Like, I saw my mom support my dad through years and years and years of very difficult struggle. I have a partner who deals with very strong anxiety, and I'm supporting him through that, and he supports me when I need it, and it's and it's possible, and it's okay, and it's being able to communicate of how we how we need support and how we need to be loved through whatever it is we might be going through yeah and someone who loves you and is meant to be with you will make an effort to understand even with they when they don't like I'll have to say my Chris is very logical very just doesn't really deal with the same things that I deal with and we are very different 
but regardless makes every effort to understand the way my brain and heart work and yeah I, I don't think it has to be your perfect perfect puzzle piece like we talk about this all the time and I even if you're like oh my gosh because that was my head I'm like oh my gosh Chris is like so logical and so amazing but like how is he gonna like my brain just works so differently like how big of a how much could this impact us yeah but I also knew at my core that the, that that I know that he loves me and is going to accept me and is going to work through this because that's how much this means to him and I think that someone who feels the same way about you will will do the same will Absolutely. learn to and it, that's not to say there won't be a learning curve that's yeah. not to say that you will need to have a conversation every so often about what you need and what they need or or to clarify perhaps because they just their brain doesn't work the same right. way right we can't expect people to absolutely understand what's going on so being patient I think also in in teaching your partner about what yes, you need that's huge especially because mental health and mental illness is so different for every single person I think just being just trying to be patient when you're breaching it especially with a new partner because you're you're gonna have to teach them in a way yeah for sure and I think also just remembering and reminding yourself before that conversation that you're still you. Like yeah. you have all of these amazing right. that's not, that's, qualities. That doesn't define you. It's no, just a little piece not of you. At all. Just a little piece that that is important to share and that, yeah, that we believe is important to share. It's only beneficial. To communicate. To communicate. Absolutely. And I think, Even if it's really difficult to say at the time. To yeah. say, you know what, oh, I'm really dealing with this thing. Yeah, and you brought up a really beautiful thing that I don't think we think about as being the person helping the other partner of being patient and and also like not feeling this pressure to fix you know wow that's such a deep topic I'm so glad that we (laughs) I'm so glad that we uh got into it obviously it's a topic we're gonna bring up over and over and over because it's so prevalent especially in your 20s when there's so much going on and so much changing and all of that and I just want to say that if you're struggling with anything literally anything and you don't feel like you have someone in your life that you can reach out to reach out to us please like reach out whatever it is doesn't matter we'll do our best to connect you with someone or to just say hey we hear you or Mm -hmm. whatever it is like please reach out to a friend a family member us whoever it is if you need support there are people here to support you 100 percent so many people and if you're in a place where you feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel it'll never get better for you whatever it is I promise you no matter what it is it can and will get better and there are tools and resources available for you to get there so we believe in you we hear you we understand you you're valuable and thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We can't wait for you to hear more. If you have any more questions for us, please feel free to leave us a DM or email us at roaring20spodcast at gmail.com or on our website on the contact slash submit a question form. We would love to hear from you and give you the best possible advice that we can. Absolutely. And look forward to this episode on Friday because it is so super good. informative <laughs> and gets really, really deep and raw and i think it will be really interesting for a lot of people to hear yes thank thanks you guys. guys bye thanks for listening to roaring 20s podcast be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe you're never alone our pride sticks together 
tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.